she said. Thank you, darling. The world is not as it should be. We all know that. The question is why? Why is it? Why is this world? Why is it so messed up? Why is there so much pain? The Bible tells us exactly why. God created us to be in harmony with Him. But because of our sin, because we have sinned, there is now, there's now brokenness. There's pain in our world. But God has not abandoned us in that pain. He has not abandoned us in this battle. Instead, Christ has come to rescue us from sin. And so now we have, we have this battle, this war that is going on. And I, I want to really call our attention to that today. I, I want us to understand the reason why there's so much pain, so much confusion, so much conflict, so much aggravation. There's a spiritual war going on all around us today. There are two sides at work in our world today, two. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Jesus Christ, when he came to rescue us, he came to bring the kingdom of light. We read about this in Mark chapter 1. I don't know if they've got this thing going or not yet. Is it up? Mark chapter 1. Yeah. Now, after John was um, arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, now look what Jesus said. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus came into our world to rescue us. And when he came, he brought the kingdom of God. He brought the kingdom of light. Now, we're born in the kingdom of darkness. We're all born with a natural tendency to turn against God and sin. There is a dark kingdom that is at work. It is evil. Hates us. Wants to destroy us. Wants to destroy our families and marriages. That, by the way, is why it's so hard to have a marriage that is easy and raising kids and making all... That's why it's not easy. It's hard because the enemy hates us and wants to, he wants to take and destroy every good thing that God wants to give us in life. And, and so what we have to do is we have to choose to leave the kingdom of darkness and flee to the rescuer, Jesus, that we might be free. And we can only do that through the power of the gospel. We have three circles here that we use at Living Hope that help us understand how all of this works, how it is we go from being in the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. God's design is that we be in harmony with Him, but because of sin, there's now brokenness. And so this spiritual war is going on where there's darkness and light, and the darkness has dominion right now, and so our brokenness is multiplied. Our brokenness and our, our tendency to be selfish, our tendency to, to not handle conflict well, our, our tendency to try to find comfort in created things, that creates greater pain, greater suffering, and, and there's this brokenness. But thanks be to God, He chose to come to rescue us with the gospel. And if we will repent and believe, we can, we can recover and pursue God's design. Look what Jesus did for us. This is Colossians chapter 1. Look what Jesus has done for us. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, here's what I know. There's a lot of folks here today who know this information, but the idea of being engaged in the battle of what is going on in this world is the farthest thing from, from some of our minds at times. And there's some in our world today that have no idea why the world is the way it is. We have, they have no idea why there's so much pain, why there's so much suffering. And honestly, a lot of folks don't really engage even in the conversation of discovering why. And here's, here's why. 
Here's what our adversary, the devil, knows about Americans, about us who live here in North America. He knows that if he reveals himself, if he makes plain who he is, we will stand up and we will go to war with him. That's just our nature. We can't, I don't know why it is, but don't mess with America, right? I mean, that's kind of the, right? Don't mess with Texas, don't mess with America. We just tend to, if we see an enemy, we want to go fight it. So here's what the enemy does. Don't let North Americans know there's a war going on. Because if, if they become aware of it, they will start praying, they will get active, they will go to war. So here's what the adversary of the enemy does here in North America. He keeps us busy. He keeps us so occupied with our calendars and our careers and our aspirations and the things that we want. We don't have time to fight. We don't have to have time to be aware. Richard Foster says this in his book, Celebration of Discipline in Contemporary Society. Our adversary majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. If he can keep us engaged in muchness and manyness, he will rest out of fun. That's a fact. The enemy, our adversary, he does not want us engaged in the spiritual battle that's going on in our world. He just wants us to put our heads in the sand, pretend that everything's okay, even though we're hurting, even though there's frustration, even though there's difficulty, even though there's pain. He just wants us to, to pretend like it's okay. And then, no sooner have we become completely oblivious to the fact that there's a battle going on, he isolates us and he beats the snot out of us. He shows up when we least expect it and a night I will never forget, as long as I have memory, is a night uh, when I was in high school. We played an inner-city uh, football team, um, guys that I had grown up with, guys I'd known all my life, even though we lived in different parts of town. Uh, I had grown up playing sports with these guys, and uh, here we were in this inner-city, and, and we had won, we had played well, and, and after the game, I was excited to go and see some of my friends that I hadn't seen in a while. Even though we'd won, and even though I heard some trash talking, it wasn't unusual when I, where I grew up for there to be a scuffle here and there, and for there to be some language and some, you know, some talking back and forth. I didn't, so I didn't think anything about it. So I had my helmet in my hand, and I'm going over to see some guys I hadn't seen in, in a few months and some in a few years, completely unaware that a fight had broken out between our two teams. So here I am, just oblivious. Hey, everybody, it's great to see you. How are your mom and dad doing? You know, and I'm just walking through, no helmet on, helmet in my hand. And all of a sudden, I'm surrounded by people who want to hurt me. And they start throwing punches, and I'm just trying to put my mullet, you know, cover it with my helmet, right? Because I had a beautiful mullet back in those days. I'm just going to tell you, right? I'm trying to get my helmet on, and these guys are slugging me, and I don't know these guys. They're just pounding me. And one of my offensive linemen, he apparently had gotten one of their helmets, and he was coming through, clearing the way. And so, you know, I didn't try to be hero. Once I got away, I ran and found a coach, and I got behind him, right? I'm just like, woo, this is bad. This is bad. You know, what happened to me there is I was oblivious to the, the fact that there was a fight going on. And so when it, when it came upon me, I was shocked. I wasn't ready. I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, it, it, was just, it just blew my mind. And this is what our adversary does to us. He makes us think that there's peace when there is no peace. He wants us to believe that there's not a war going on when there is a war. And listen, we don't always hear, we don't always see 
see the, the spiritual warfare, but we feel the effects. We feel it in depression. We feel it in sadness. We feel it in anger and rage and fear and anxiety and all these emotions that will overwhelm us. And there are times, and almost most of you know what I'm talking about when I say, there are times you just all of a sudden you just feel like, why? And you feel overwhelmed. And it may be anger. It may be fear. It may be anxiousness. It may just be this overwhelming sadness. And you're thinking, where is this coming from? I want to tell you. It comes from our adversary. He wants to destroy us. And he wants to destroy everybody that we know and everybody in our city. And what's so sad is so many of us are oblivious to the fact this battle is happening. And there are so many more of our neighbors, the people where we live, work, and learn and play, they don't have a clue of this battle. They just see all this pain. And then you think about the implications of the reality of the, of the presence of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And the implications for eternity. I mean, if we die in the kingdom of darkness, we reign, remain there for eternity? Think about the implications for families and marriages. How can a marriage make it today in the kingdom of darkness without the love of Christ? How can a person maintain any sanity or any sense of, of being whole in the kingdom of darkness, surrounded by hate and confusion and lies? We, we live in this world where there's this spiritual battle that is taking place, and, and yet Christ has come. <laughs> there is the kingdom of light, but we have to choose. We have to choose which kingdom we will be a part of. In our text today, we're reminded of the reality of these two kingdoms. And the fact that we have to choose. You got your Bible, and I hope that you do. Take it out and turn with me now to First John, chapter three. Tucker Brown's going to provide our reading today. We're going to be in verses eight through ten. So let's all stand together in honor of God's word. Let me remind you again that this is the year of hope. We're discovering what hope is. We're walking verse by verse through First John. This was written by the apostle John to encourage a church to say to them to have hope, don't lose hope. And so now we come to this text, verses 8 through 10, where he begins to speak to the reality of these two kingdoms. So, Tucker, if you would read verse 8 through 10 for us. Whoever makes the practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. The Word of God. Thank you, Tucker. If you guys would go ahead and be seated, let's talk about this. We must understand there's two options. We have to choose the kingdom of darkness just to stay in it. We're born in it. Our nature tends toward it. Or the kingdom of light. Please, as we make consideration, and some of you... Some of you, this is a very serious consideration. Some of you really, today, today is a, a day of decision for some. You know, if, 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 if you're going to continue in the kingdom of darkness, there's going to be very serious ramifications for that. But if you want to pursue the kingdom of light, you know, as, as, we're, as we're thinking through this, we're, write this down. Those of the kingdom of light have confident hope in God's purpose. You know, if you're, if you're today wrestling with which kingdom you're going to serve, 
Let me encourage you to know that if you will choose to live in the power of the kingdom of light, listen, you will have a God who forgives you. You will have a God who will be with you, who will never leave you nor forsake you. You will have a God who has a purpose for every pain and, and frustration and conflict you go through. Every sorrow will have a step to it so that God can be glorified in the blessing of your life to strengthen you and to enable you to maintain your hope in any and all circumstances. This is the purpose of God, that we can live hopeful and be helpful and in the process lead more people to anchor their life and hope in Jesus. And so, as we talk about God's kingdom purpose and how it's lived out in our lives, notice this, the text tells us, this, this kingdom purpose is lived out in our lives when we first join God in the destruction of sin. We, we see here in verse 8 that the Son has appeared to destroy the works of the devil. This summer, when I was on sabbatical, I went by myself to Charlotte for a few days to go to seminary and to, uh, and to research a congregation there. And, and while I was away, uh, one of our, our regular foes returned to the Pettis house. Every year, uh, around the third or so week in July, wasps invade our basketball goal. Every year. And it's like every year I forget that they're going to come. And so when I got back, it was time for war, right? It was time to get it on. And there is nothing scarier than seeing a bunch of Pettises with wasp spray in their hands. Because that stuff will shoot 15 feet. And if it gets on you, and it can really... And so there's the fear of crossfire, but the fear of wasps is greater. Because although it is a, it is a very scary thing to see Pettis' with wasp break, it's a funnier thing to watch us run away. Oh, help me, help me, right? And this wasp break just going everywhere, right? I mean, it's just great. And so this was our summer. This was July. We had to... So we got... We, we, we were able to kind of get the gold down and spray it with water, and they went away for a little... And we got duct tape, and we, we, we sealed up every hole. And then we waited for those suckers to come back. And they'd come up. <laughs> it would fall to the ground, and it's all on the bottom like this, and we're just trash talking. That's what you get. That's what you get. So we did that for a couple of days. And we killed every one of those suckers with the love of Jesus in our hearts. And if you're a wasp lover, shame on you. Don't send me any emails. You know, sin is it's like the wasps that, that invade every they keep they keep coming back. And they sting. Sin stings. You know, I've said this, and I'm gonna keep saying it, guys, go ahead and put it up. Sin always takes you further than you wanted to go, it costs you more than you wanted to pay, and it gives you less than a promise. It stings. It stings. It hurts. It creates pain. It does more damage than you can be aware of, but understand it can be defeated. You got to remove. You got to remove its home from your life. You can't let it dwell there. You got to. You got to eradicate it. We we destroyed the wasp nest. It's the first thing we did. And then as each sin comes, you got to destroy it. You got to take every thought captive. You got to kill it. You got to spray it down and trash talk it. That's what I thought sin. You walk away and you just trash talk. Have you ever trash talked sin? You're thinking, where does it get? Go and and, wa- and read the story of David and Goliath and watch David trash talk sin. It's glorious. Use the same model. I, I give that to you. Do it in small group. It'll be fine. Then you got to work with others to make it happen. 
You've got to work with others, and you've got to be a part of the community of faith. You've got to join Jesus in what he's doing. Jesus has come. He's come to destroy sin, the, the power and the punishment. We know that he has destroyed the punishment of sin. Romans 8.1 tells us now, listen, for all of us who believe, who've entered in the kingdom of darkness, there is there no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But through the power of his resurrection, we now have the power to overcome sin. We have the power to be free. We have the power to, to be released from it. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have a living hope because of the resurrection. We have the power of living hope to enable us to overcome sin. So the punishment of sin has been defeated by the cross. The power of sin has been defeated through the resurrection. And now we can join God in what He's doing, which is to destroy sin, which will give us confidence in the purpose of God and enable us to engage in the battle on the side of the spirit of the, of the kingdom of life. Second, make note. God's kingdom purpose is lived out in our lives when we abide in the hope of the gospel and are transformed by, by God's life in us. That no one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. Listen, once, once we have entered into this kingdom of light, our lives will never be the same again. We refuse to live in sin. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. We seek to live in the power of the gospel. Why? Because God's seed abides in us. What is that seed? It's the gospel. Because, the, because Christ is alive, because He has come and He has defeated the power and the punishment of sin. Now He is alive in us, and that's the gospel alive in us. And now we're able to live out who we are and what are we. We are the children of God. We have been born again. He cannot keep on sinning because He has been born of God. And so abiding in this hope and being transformed by God in us. Listen, it doesn't just happen by coincidence. It happens with intentionality. And we here at Living Hope, when we talk about the intentionality of, of what it means to walk in Christ, we're talking about a disciple's pathway. We have a very simple way for people who are walking in the kingdom of life to be able to grow and be able to develop in what it means to be a, a, a member of the kingdom of life. It's all about worship, connect, serve, equip, and multiply. These are the things that we do. And so today, as you're leaving, one, one per household or dorm room, if you would, we want you to, to, to have this, and we want you to be able to look at this and think about what it means. There's these, these five parts. First of all, there's worship. And when you open this thing, it kind of it unfolds for you. There's worship. And that's when we gather to celebrate, to be renewed in our hope, where we hear testimony and prayer, we pray together, we study God's Word together, and we're renewed in, in our commitment to live hopeful and be helpful and to, and to lead others to anchor their life in hope in Jesus and, and, and to make disciples. But it's not enough that we got it for worship, we got to connect. In connect groups, there's going to be accountability, there's going to be discussion about what we're learning in God's Word. When one of us falls, the other will be there to pick them up. We'll be able to pray for one another. We'll be able to support one another because we'll have a relationship with one another. And then as we look at our neighbors and the places where we live, work, learn, and play, we can be on mission together. We can figure out how to leverage our strengths and our, and, and our, our relationships to be able to share Christ with those. And then we'll be equipped to do it. We've got to be equipped. If you look in your bulletin, there's equipped classes that are going to be offered this fall to help you as a, as a member of the kingdom of life 
to be able to serve our King, to understand the challenges that you're facing so that you know how to overcome in the power of the Gospel. And last, we, we will multiply. We will share the hope we have. We will live out the Great Commission. And so as you, as you look at this, and I want to encourage you, you know, this is the thing. This is, our, this is the disciples' pathway. This is what we're about. This is what Living Hope is all about. And so as you go to our website, you're going to see us organized around this pathway. As you look at our bulletin, even this morning, you're going to see these icons. And these icons are here to help us understand, okay, is this a worship thing? Is this a connect thing? Is this an equip thing? Is this a serve thing? And I forgot serve, didn't I? Serve is a, is a key component of that as we, as we leverage our gifts and abilities to, to, to lead more people to anchor their life in hope in Jesus. All of this is about what it means to be a member of Living Hope and to be a part of God's kingdom of life. Listen, we can't do it alone. We need one another. It's a battle. And this battle, listen, serious. And, and we've got to grow. And we've got to be more competent and capable of fighting against this darkness. And, and that's what this pathway offers. That's the opportunity that, that it gives to us. The last thing I want you to notice is God's kingdom purpose is lived out in our lives when we reveal our allegiance to Jesus. When we reveal our allegiance to Jesus, uh, when I was a little boy, one of the things I, I used to love to do is I would play with what I called GI Joes. They were the little green army guys. You guys remember these? Hopefully, you got one on the way. And if you got one, go ahead and take it out and put it in your hand. If you got one of these little GI Joes, and I really appreciate that no one up in the balcony has tied like a parachute and thrown it down during the service. That shows a lot of maturity on your part, and I. I really want to appreciate that because that's the first thing I thought that I would do if I were given such an opportunity in church, and I'm thankful that you're more emotionally capable than me, and so good job up there. But when I was a little kid, one of the things I used to do is I would get all my little army guys out, and if I was inside, I'd get Lincoln Logs. Y'all remember Lincoln Logs? Remember those? Yeah. And I would build, like, fortresses, and they would fight, right? They would be in this battle. And if I was outside, I would get rocks and all the stuff, and I would build these things, and, and, and there would just be like a battle that was going on. You know, the weird thing about it is you, you really couldn't tell the difference. You couldn't tell who, who was on whose side. They all looked the same. They were all basically these green army guys. And the only way you could tell the difference when I was playing is what direction they were going in. Listen, we're all like these GI Jeffs. And, and, and you don't know this, but there's ten different kinds of, of army, army men that you could have in your hand today. And here's what I want you to understand. In your life, you're fighting battles. And, and you've, got, you've got a lot going on. And, and some of you are losing those battles. And you're overwhelmed. And you're losing hope. I want to tell you, in Christ alone, you can have hope. Please understand, just because you come to know Jesus Christ, that doesn't mean the battle is over. Hear me. When you enter into the kingdom of light, all you're doing is switching sides, and you're going to start fighting darkness, and you're going to start fighting against these principalities and these powers, and you're going to have to pray, and you're going to have to trust in the power of the Almighty God. But you can trust in His power. 
you can rely on Him to give you strength and hope and healing. But as you think about your own life, here's the thing. Not only, we're not just G.I. Joes. Let me tell you what we are. We're B.G. Joes. We're here in Bowling Green, and we're fighting this fight. And, and here's what I want you to do. If you, if you take this home with you today, here's what I want you to realize. There's people where you work. There's people where you live, right around your, your neighborhood, where you learn, where you go to school, where you play, where you, where you have activities and things that are going on. Here's what I want you to understand. Every person that you see around you, every one of us are in the same battle. Every one of us are fighting. And our battle is not against one another. There's a kingdom of light and there's a kingdom of darkness. And here's what I need, here's what we got to understand. There are people who are hurting. Marriages that are failing. Families that are falling apart. Folks that are falling into addiction. And our culture, this city is crumbling around us. Because people don't have hope. And here we are, living hope. You've got to have compassion on them, guys. It's not about doing our duty. It's not about checking off the list. Oh, did I share? Oh, did I say something? Oh, did I... Friends, bigger than that. We've got to have compassion on the people who are around us. And we've got to understand that they're in a battle for their marriage. They're in a battle for their sanity. They're in a battle for their heart and for their soul. And they don't have Christ. And you know what that means? That means they lose. That means they will lose. And so here's my question for you. Who's your BG, Joe? Who's, who's one person that you know of that does not have a faith relationship with Jesus Christ, who is not a part of a family of faith like Living Hope, that you can go and love, that you can share your hope with, that you can just care for them and show them compassion. Who is it? And, and let me ask, will you show them compassion? Would you choose to get out of the comfort of your life of not saying anything? And will you step out and will you show them compassion, even if they shoot at you, even if they're rude to you, even if they blow you off? This morning, I want you to give very serious consideration to, to a couple of questions. The first question is this. What side are you on? The kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness? You were born in the kingdom of darkness. Until you repent and believe the gospel and give your life to Christ, you will never be a part of the kingdom of light no matter how much religious activity you may get involved with. There's only one way to enter the kingdom of light, and that's by faith in Christ alone. And some of you this morning, you need to come get on your knees and say, Christ, fill me, forgive me, take over my life. Some of you, you're, you're members of the kingdom of light. You're even members of living hope. But let me ask you, who are you showing compassion to? Who is the couple? Who is the family? Who is the person where you live, where you work, where you learn, where you play, 
where you are engaging them in the hope of the gospel and conversations about who Jesus is and what's going on in the world and, 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 and the hope that you have in, in, in what God has done through Jesus. Would you come today and, and with this little, this little reminder in your hand, lift them up in prayer and ask God to give you the confidence and the word to share the hope you have? And the last question is this. Do you, do you need help? Because I want to be honest with you, I need help. There are times when the darkness of this thing is so overwhelming to me. I'll be honest, I don't know what to do. Other days, I don't even know what to ask for. It's changing so fast. And the consequences are getting so big. And there are so many times I find myself just getting on my knees and saying, God, help. And I shared this with you last week. I mean, if my children say, Daddy, help, there's nothing I wouldn't do to get there to them. And here's what I believe about our Father who is in heaven, who has forgiven us by the blood of Jesus Christ. If we will ask him, help, he'll, he knows exactly what to do. Even we don't know exactly what to ask for. And this morning, I want to ask you to come get on your knees. Some of you to ask for help. Some of you to ask for that person that needs the compassion and that needs to know about Christ and the kingdom of life. And some of you to receive and change sides today. To go from being a member of the kingdom of darkness and enter the kingdom of light by accepting Christ as your Savior. Let's stand together with Christ. Father God, right now, I pray for your divine intervention to speak to us and to guide us in this such a sacred moment when, when we can come to you in faith and ask for you to do miracles. God, we need miracles today. We need, we need you to change our hearts and lives. We need you to do what only you can do, and that is to heal and to save. And so God, right now, I pray for some who need to come and be saved, come and give their life to you come and switch sides and, and enter the kingdom of light. For some God who need to come and ask for you to do a miracle in someone they know and love that's a BG Joe that, that needs this compassion. And then some today, God, who, who need to just come and say, God, help me. I don't, I don't know what to ask for except to say, I need your help. Help me. And Lord, hear the, the prayer that comes now. And hear those who come and say, and bless them for your glory and enable them to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.